You're listening to a Sales Culture Toddcast with Todd Cohen. Every single person coming in has an automatic virtual team. They're the people who are going to help you help them be successful. You don't need to shoulder this all on your own. You need to establish this baseline with them right off the bat. And oh, by the way, if anybody listening on this call has somebody in their orbit who you feel is lost or is floundering or is struggling or is feeling isolated, this is where you can start that conversation. You can say, let me share with you who's on your virtual team. The next one, there's a picture of that. Next one is make sure your goals are clear and unambiguous. Now, this should seem obvious to us as a sales culture, as an organization that is working every day toward bringing down those silos. Here's the challenge, and I want you to write this down. Setting clear and unambiguous goals takes time. It takes a little energy. It takes a little input from your virtual team. Why are you making, why do we make this harder on ourselves? Why? Because we're constantly reacting. We have a new employee starting and we think to ourselves, I'm going to make this a great experience. And then the emails start rolling in, the customer fires start getting lit, and you know the rest of that story. Day one. In fact, I challenge each one of you, before you ever issue that offer letter, ask this question during the interview process. What are your goals? Because these are ours and get a feel up front whether they're prepared to meet those goals. Listen critically. Listen carefully. Plumb that question early on. Ken Blanchard, famous, 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 awesome business author, has written a gazillion books. One of the very few people, again, that I actually think has something really valuable to say. All good performance starts with clear goals. Next thing, and this is where the ding, ding, ding happens, right? Plan those first 13 weeks. By the way, you know what 13 weeks miraculously works out to be? 90 days. Actually, 91 days. So I'm giving one day where you're going to, I don't know, celebrate their successful completion of their first 90 days. Folks, 13 weeks. The lucky 13. And by the way, planning out those 13 weeks doesn't mean planning out every day, every hour. It does mean having a plan. It does mean, first and foremost, making sure that we're not leaving people to their own devices at the wrong time. It does mean that we need to make sure that they understand who their virtual team is and who they can turn to to help them achieve their goal. Those 13 weeks are absolutely critical. And if you're raising your eyebrow or you're feeling a little skeptical, I'm asking you to suspend a little disbelief and go with me on this. Those first 90, 91 days mean everything. As leaders on this call, everybody in this organization knows the organization well. You know where the bottlenecks are going to be. You know where the problems are going to be in those first 13 weeks as this person needs to come on board, as this person needs to feel successful. Grease the skids. Next one, folks. Pair them with a mentor, day one. 
We've talked about coaching. We talked about the difference between coaching and mentoring. You know, mentoring is that person that's that informal buddy, friend, guide, whatever you word you want to use. Asking somebody to be a new person's mentor is not a chore. It is a gift. It is an honor. When you ask somebody to be a mentor to somebody new, what you're saying to them is, I trust you. I trust who you are. I trust your judgment. I trust that you know our organization. I trust you to be positive. Can you all honestly right now think about somebody in your organization that where you can say, that's the person I would ask to be a mentor to my next new employee? By the way, it's not a challenge. It's, a, it's an honest question. Well, it is a challenge, I suppose. It's an honest question. Who would you ask? And I'm not looking for answers, but, you know, as I'm looking around, I'm thinking to myself, John Hayes, you know, you're bringing on a new salesperson, for example. Who would you, what other salesperson, you don't have to answer it, John, it's okay. Well, you know, who else would you ask to be a mentor? And a mentor is typically somebody that's at the same level because that's how we identify. Pair with a mentor today, day one. Introduce that person day one. Have that skid grease. And oh, by the way, this will allow you to be a better, much more effective coach. And don't ever abdicate your role because everybody on this call, you're the leadership of this organization. You're the, you're the, you're the group of people <laughs> that, are, that are solely accountable for making sure the very next person you hire rocks it. And it's not that hard to do. It takes a little planning and it takes a little commitment. And I do mean little, it doesn't have to consume your day. And we wanna make sure that you as leadership, I wanna make sure that we're doing everything we can so that you're not in a position to have to make a choice. You're not in a position to make a choice where you say, I gotta deal with this or work with my new person. It's not a choice. It happens simultaneously and it happens in parallel. The next one is something I think is often overlooked. What can we do to create early wins for that new person? What can you define for somebody that says that's a win and you can celebrate it, you can acknowledge it, you can let that person know, hey, you know what? You killed it. And it could be something small and relatively insignificant. The question is, we can't go without articulating small and then increasingly larger and larger wins. People need to feel connected. When people join your organization, they don't know what they're walking into. All they've been through is an interview process. They don't know what they're walking into. And you know what? Most people vast number of people. I've rarely seen somebody who doesn't feel this way. They want to impress you. They want to help you understand. They want to prove to you. They want to sell you that you made a great choice. Well, let's help them do that because that's how we get them to stick. We create small wins. Those small wins, folks, underwrite the future success of those people. So here's what we can do to make sure that happens. Assign small roles, you know, small things that are easily accomplished. You know they can do that. That builds confidence. Don't over-assign somebody day one. Under-assign them. Give them some confidence. Number two, 
then assign them to small roles in bigger projects. So number one is something they're doing completely on their own. Number two is something smaller in the context of something bigger. I want you to be on a committee. I want you to shadow somebody. I want you to go out and turn this wrench. I'm, I'm, being, I'm, I'm using a euphemism, of course. And then assign them significant projects. It's an escalating series of accountability. And this is not hard for us to do. In fact, if you really think through this logically, there are things on your desk right now that you might be able to say, wait a minute, I bet my new person could sink their teeth into this. What are those things? Make that list. We want to make sure that we're doing this. And finally, look, you know, you know where I'm coming from on this one. You got to be present. We've just did the whole section on presence. I urge you all to go back and listen to that again. However, we all know that we have got to be present for them, which means we're available to them, which means there's time carved out on a regular basis for them. It means when they knock on your door in a sense of anxiety or panic or whatever, what you're really seeing is a moment that could either grow into satisfaction for them because you're present or it could grow in or it could plant the seed of remorse. Folks, we're not going to get a second chance to do this right. Employees are evaluating us as critically upfront as we are them. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever underestimate them. We have to make sure they know that they're always top of mind for us. Because as leaders in this organization, you know, and we've said it, people are your currency. Without people, could you get the job done? Of course not. Without people, would your customers buy? Uh, you know, maybe. I, I think it would be a lot harder for them to do it. So we need to make sure they know that they're top of mind. They need to feel that they're a priority. And all you have to do to demonstrate that they're a priority is to be present. And by the way, when someone feels like they're a priority and top of mind, they go at their job every day with excitement and vigor. They do. Watch. Not only about technical skills. It's about feeling connected. And it costs us nothing to help people feel connected. Now, let's be clear. This is a two-way street. You may be thinking, well, Todd, you're telling us everything we have to do. Yeah. And there's things they have to do as well. And again, we're going to be talking about onboarding a little bit later on, not in this session. Make sure that you're encouraging them to communicate obsessively. You can't be expected to help them if they're in a vacuum. Make sure they know it's good to communicate with you. Don't give anybody any reason to think, I'm going to get my head slapped or my hand slapped if I communicate. Remember that not all learners learn the same way. Some of you may love this. Some of you may think, I wish I could just read this. Some of you may think, I can't wait to get back to live. That's, my, that's obviously my preference. As much as I love seeing all of these smiling video windows, there's nothing better than being in a room. Everybody learns differently. Just because you tell somebody to read something doesn't mean somebody else is going to absorb it the same way. So you know what? Interview question number 94. How do you like to learn? How do you learn? What's your best way to absorb information? 
You should know that on day one, because that's going to help you craft something that helps get them up to speed. If somebody says, you know what, I love to read. Now you know what you need to do. If someone says, you know, so for me personally, I'm a little bit dyslexic. Shocking. So I'm a visual learner. I learned that about myself many years ago. I don't know how you like to learn, but we should know that about new people. Employee responsibility 101. I'm just going to give you four. In later sessions, we're going to dig into this a lot more. We have to encourage. And by the way, I'm, I'm starting each one of these with encourage. Because remember coaching? Coaching is not telling. We don't want to tell people what to do. We want to encourage however strongly you want to deliver that message to, re to create their own goals. What are you going to, what not do, what do you want to accomplish? What are you going to accomplish? And there's a, there's a nuance in the words. Encourage them to deliver to you a 90 day plan before their start date. That was always a standard interview question for me. You know, on our next interview, come to me and tell me, what are you going to do in the first 90 days? How are you going to approach your first 90 days? And if someone came to me with a half page of nonsense, you know, three or four bullet points, that was a red flag to me. That told me that they didn't really spend enough time thinking about the job or researching us. I'm not asking somebody to write 50 pages during an interview process, but I would like to see a couple of paragraphs of critical thought. Because if we don't understand how they see their part of the organization, that could be a costly error. Encourage internal networking. Encourage them to pick up the phone. This will be part of onboarding and call people, introduce themselves. Remember about greasing the skids? Make sure that everybody that you want them to meet is ready to receive their phone call. Encourage them to do this. Nobody gets to sit back and say, I didn't know who to turn to. And then finally, as leaders, folks, make sure they know that you're not, make sure they know that you're open, that you're listening. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Doesn't mean you have to change everything about the company. It does mean that new people have new ideas. New people have new energy. New people have new everything. Be open to it. Maybe somebody's got a good idea. You never know. Maybe somebody, maybe you hire somebody one day that can actually solve the Rubik's Cube. For real, let them do it. There's a lunch and learn for you. Setting your people up for success is absolutely a joint responsibility. One of my favorite quotes, so many people can be responsible for your success, but only you are responsible for your failure. You know, as a new employee, I'd want somebody, I'd want to be embracing that. I'm just sharing this with you because I think that's a perspective that a new employee coming in or an existing person that you may be struggling with needs to embrace. Have a team meeting and start with that and see where the conversation goes. Folks, we need to poke and prod and create interaction. Otherwise, people will continue to be isolated. Isolated even though you're in the same office and nobody likes feeling like that and it inhibits our ability to be successful. I suspect that you're going to be hiring people this year in some way, shape or form. You're going to grow. 
Write this down. Consistency is the key. So broadly speaking, onboarding has to include a number of areas. There's the process and procedures. Of course. There's your products and service. Your products are not the easiest to learn. It's hard to find people in this industry. There's learning about the customers, how they buy, who they are, what their cultures are, what the business is. There's a very strong undercurrent, friends, of self-determination and accountability. This isn't all on you to make them successful. This is on them to make sure they're articulating to you how they, what they need to be successful. There's relationship development. Silos kill companies. Part service and sales need to be on the, in the same place. Finance operations and parts. CEO, CFO, and sales, whatever the different organizations on your Rubik's Cube might be, we all need to be in the same place to make sure those people are successful. And finally, something I near and dear to my heart is company and culture. We'll talk more about this in time. Virtual onboarding adds a new level of complexity to everything. So let me say this. Take everything I've just shared with you, this 30, this 5,000 foot view, and then double it <laughs> because, or double the urgency around it, because bringing somebody on board virtually is a challenge. And we'll talk more about that in time as well. When I say hire slow and fire fast, fast doesn't mean like on the 91st day necessarily, right? Every company will have its own barometer for um, when it is appropriate to start evaluating people for, you know, they're going to make it, they're not going to make it kind of thing, right? So I would ask you to decide, right, what's the, what are the decision-making points, right, that say, okay, at six months, this is the lens we're looking through. At nine months, this is the lens we're looking through. At 11 months, so forth and so on. So you ultimately decide what your what your time frame that you're willing to be comfortable with, right? Here's, my, here's what I do, what I would add to that. If it's two years, right? If it takes two years to really evaluate and really, really truly understand whether somebody gets it or not, there's gonna be a lot of signs along the way that are gonna give you some pretty clear indicators whether this person is progressing or not. There are gonna be some signs along the way that tell you very crisply whether you've made a good hiring decision or not. For example, I'll just give you one. If you hire a salesperson and they're, you know, they, they don't want to go into the field or they're resisting it, that's a warning sign, right? Um, if you hire a salesperson who you offer training to, you know, I want you to go out and shadow the mechanics and watch them fix uh, the technicians and watch them fix. And they're like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to it. I'm making this up as I go. Right. But these are warning signs for you that, you know what? This person isn't as willing to learn this industry. So the, the fire fast is that's, that's ultimately going to be a time frame that you're going to, you're going to determine what I do strongly encourage us to understand are what are the signs along the way that we're looking for? What are the things that we're going to say are good barometers and predictors of somebody's future success? Because let's face it, we know what we're, I mean, you know, your business, right? I mean, clearly, you know, your business, you know, 
what it takes. You know, and you know in your gut and you know objectively what it takes to be successful. To hear more exciting Toddcasts or to book Todd live for your event, please visit toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd. That's toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd. Or call 866-515-9445.